0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. And uh, also joining us this morning former Washington Capitol, and uh, we'll say he also spent some time with the blue and white locally. Of course, I'm talking about Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you this morning?
2: Good morning, Mr. Ruggerman. Naz, how are everybody?
3: Good. We're,
1: we're great this morning. Uh, Leafs are perched uh, pretty high atop the uh, NHL standings, so... Uh, you know, we're riding the cycle of uh, blue and white emotion—the uh, roller coaster, as I call it. So, uh, the roller coaster. You remember the old roller coaster down at the CNE? What was it called? Was it the Flyer? It was the Flyer. You, yeah. Was it the Flyer? Yeah. You yes, remember sir. it was uh, the cra- the crack a crickety old uh, wooden landscaper and made all those all those noises. Well, we're at the top now, and. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we're on the way up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, when the when we get to the Stanley Cup Finals, we'll reach the crescendo of the Flyer, uh, and we stay there. Uh, just to let our listeners know, coming up this hour, it's. Uh, what I call the proverbial first day of spring. It's Masters Sunday, although it doesn't doesn't look like spring looking out my window. Kind of a drizzly morning so far, but it uh, uh, should be an interesting afternoon down at Augusta, and it's been a tradition on the Nazanwali Sports Hour. We talk with John Steinbreder. John Stry- Steinbreder writes for Masters.com for Global Golf Post. He's uh, one of golf's great uh, great writers and he's actually at augusta we've been doing this for years on on sunday mornings he uh he uh we get a hold of him down at augusta we're looking forward to that should be an interesting afternoon um we've had requests from listeners over the course of the last little while to see if we can squeeze in some calls it's uh uh, doing this show remotely uh being separated from our great producer brandon uh, has uh uh, gives us our technical challenges. We're going to give it a shot this morning. Uh But uh, a lot of listeners uh, seem to be uh, actively wanting to get their opinions across. So for those of you who have contacted uh, Nazari and, uh, You're so uh, inclined to talk a little bit of sports on the air this morning. Uh, We'll be giving the numbers out shortly after the second break. And uh, we used to do it in the old days on the show, Naz, and Kevin from Buffalo, if you're still around, we haven't heard from you in a long time. We'd love to chat with you. Anyways, guys, uh, we got the result last night. Leafs got the result. um, Wasn't perhaps their finest effort, unless you're talking about Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner. Uh, Matthews with the hat-trick last night, uh, him and Marner are just absolutely pure magic out there uh, together. Uh, Naz, uh, uh, it, it's pretty, uh, you know, I mean, something dramatic's got to happen, but it looks like the Rocket Richard Trophy's going to Austin Matthews. Naz?
4: He's, eight, he's eight goals ahead, but he's got he has 31 goals, and he has scored 19 times in 15 games to hit 50. Yeah, if you Not didn't watch shot, the game last side, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's got some pretty
1: pretty good hockey players. Uh, I wouldn't say right behind them, but uh, you know, when you're talking about guys like Connor McDavid and uh, and uh, Alex Ovechkin, and I think there's somebody else in the mix there that I think Miko Rantanen out in Colorado. Uh, you know, these these guys are capable of running running off six or seven goals in a couple of games. So you know, there's there's still some hockey to be played and. Uh, and uh, certainly we'd we'd love to see Austin Matthews, uh, you know, the Rocket Richard. I don't think that's a trophy that's ever been won by a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, It would have been a long time ago that a Toronto Maple Leaf would have won the goal-scoring title. Lou? Uh,
2: I I think it's been a long, long time since a Toronto Maple Leaf has been. uh, The only guy that I can really probably think of is either Dougie Gilmore or... Not no, even the goal-scoring, but just the point leader would be Dougie Gilmore or even Matt Sundin. And they'd be in the top ten. Yeah, Dougie Gilmore is going to, you know, reading an interesting article.
1: Um, um, there's very few Toronto Maple Leafs that ever won, have ever won major awards in the NHL. Uh, other than, I mean, obviously the one that sticks out more than anyone is uh, Dave Keon with the Conn Smythe. David Keon with the Conn Smythe in 1967 probably would have won the Conn Smythe in
4: '63
1: uh, year and '4 as well, um, but didn't exist at that time. Other than that, you got to go back a long way. Did the Big M with the year he scored 50 goals? I'm not, I'm, I think Big M didn't score 50. For
4: Selby he 48. Oh,
1: 48. The Big M scored 48. You're right, Naz. Uh Did Selby win the Calder? Yep, Selby but won, Selby the, won Calder. the Calder. That's correct. Okay, and T, uh, David Keon won the Calder, and there's a whole bunch of other Leafs that won the Calder, but in terms of the heart, um, the uh, Rocket, the most goals, and the, uh, the the Norris Trophy, I know I know Borea Salming finished in the top four like about six or seven years in a row, but never won it. It is unfortunate uh, his unfortunate uh, he was unfortunately had to play against tennis pot band Bobby Orr and uh and Larry Robinson to to name a few so but he was he was up there Gilmore finished second the Mario Lemieux in the MVP in 92 or sorry 93 I believe and I think he finished third I think Daryl Sittler finished third in the mid uh in 77 78 so you know we wish Austin Matthews all the luck in the world uh, uh Lou uh him and him and Marner last night were something else. They were just some. If, if listeners missed, uh, if you missed the game last night, it was back and forth. Leafs got off to two nothing lead. Uh, Ottawa came back. Leafs went back, and they ended
2: up winning six to five. But uh, I mean, those two guys are pure magic out there, Lou. It, it. You know what? They they really are. Uh, and it seems it's. Uh uh it, it's Mitch Marner that runs the shows more or less if you take him out of the lineup right now there's nobody that's gonna create any offense or uh right now as much as Austin matthews is scoring the goals I think it's really mitch matthews uh sorry it's mitch marner that that's running the the uh the line right there because his his creativity you see some of the goals last night he was just his head's on a swivel most of the game. And when he's got the puck, he knows exactly where Austin Matthews is, and he's always looking for him. Uh, off that first goal, he, as soon as he got the puck, he looked behind him. He knew Austin Matthews was coming off the bench and late. And then the other one in the slot there—it was almost like, you know, who, like even if you're trying to cheat as a goalie, there, there's no way you're going you're gonna to stop Austin Matthews on that shot. Yeah, no, no question
1: about that. Uh, you know, Mitch Marner seems.
2: And you know, he's, he's he's
1: certainly. Uh, I mean, it's obvious that John Tavares misses him. Um They put Galchenyuk last night on the, on the top line. Uh, what'd you think of that move, Nas?
4: Looks pretty good. He's got speed. He handles it very well. Galchenyuk's you know, a good pickup for the release. Good depth yeah. pickup.
1: Yeah, I mean they're uh, paying him. Uh, I uh, don't like to use the word peanuts, but uh, in an in, in NHL uh, league scale minimum, uh, I don't think he's, made, he's making like seven nine 900000 a year. And at that price point, uh seems like a bit of a bargain. If, if he can keep playing, I mean, the, the criticism with Galchenyuk over, over the years is he's inconsistent. Um, the skill set's obviously there. I mean, he hasn't, you know, I think he's got one goal and three assists in 10 games, but um he, he you know he's he's doing something uh for checking pretty hard uh, a little bit of physical presence out there so uh I certainly looks like the Leafs are getting their money's worth if he can keep his game going at, at that level
2: there's uh certainly a spot for him uh keep a spot for him going forward uh, Lou? Hey, I think for for alex right now it's gonna be his last kick at the can so to speak he's been I think it's seven teams in the last eight or nine years that he's been in the league uh so I, I think it's going to come to a point where he's finally going to actually wake up and smell a coffee so to speak and say listen okay this could be my last crack I got a chance at winning the Stanley Cup here with the Leafs uh I better make the best of it because every other organization that he's been in has really never probably not, never had the talent that he's had right here in Toronto and, uh he's making the most of it and that's all you can ask for yeah i mean uh, i mean, I, mean, I watch
1: him uh play out there i mean since he since he got picked up and you know there's there's he's got size he's got he's got speed he, he's got some hockey sense because he's made some interesting uh interesting passes that have resulted in 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 goals for his line mates uh and you know i, I look at him and i say you know i had to, i know he had these drafted third overall a few years back i can't remember which draft it was it may it may be all the way back to 2012 time goes by <laughs> so quickly nowadays um uh, had that great year with the Habs i think he scored 30 or 33 goals and then i mean i look at him you know, out on the ice i go why hasn't he been able to do more in his career i mean he's he's got it. he's got skill um you know, so far with the Leafs, he's he's been playing with a little bit of passion. He's he's not scared to go in on the forecheck. He's a big body. Uh, um, not not that he's not not that he's, uh, you know, he's not he's not a bully out there. He's you know, uh, he's not, but he uh, he's he's sort of a presence in the forechecking zone. So if if they can keep that up, if he can keep that up, it it certainly brings a presence. Uh, Jack Campbell, guys talk about the leafs uh between the pipes i believe he set an nhl record last night um 11 straight victories uh from the start of a season i think that's a correct me if i'm wrong guys Nez, you're the stats guy uh that's an nhl record i believe he beat Kerry price's record of 10 and 0 off the bat of a season um certainly a remarkable accomplishment Naz.
4: That is correct. And Ottawa's team is going to be awesome in two years. Uh, Unbelievable young talent they have. It should be interesting to see what they're like in a couple of years. Uh, Quickly,
1: uh, Lou, uh, goaltending, uh, you know, uh, Freddie's been put on long-term injured reserve. We'll have a discussion about that at some point in the show. That's that's a salary cap maneuver, and that also uh, segues us into the discussion about Who's the guy they traded for? Um, Riley Nash, the Columbus guy, uh, trade Dubas made this week. He's injured, so he may be available for the playoffs, but there's a whole maneuver around that, uh, which we'll get an opportunity to talk about. Um, Really quickly, Lou, uh, Jack Campbell.
2: um, I I think Jack Campbell has solidified his number one status. They should keep uh, Anderson... On the long-term uh, injury list, so they can gain some flexibility and and make a possibly a, another trade. The Nash deal was probably strictly a, a playoff move to get some depth in the playoffs and to put him also on uh, long-term injury, so they can use that uh, flexibility in their cap that they don't have. To, it doesn't count against them once the playoffs start. But again, well, and I watched the game last night. I you know tell our viewers out there i really don't want that much hockey but are their leaps really that good or is this northern division really that bad you know what that's an interesting question you know what
1: why don't we why don't we take that one to the break uh, time for our first break perhaps uh, we have some listeners that might want to call in and talk about that specific uh, question mark are the Leafs that good or is the division that bad and what uh the Leafs get uh, get through the playoffs uh, through the through this I call Canadian division. Uh, if they get through that, uh, how are they going to match up against the American teams when they go down there um, uh, and play some of the American teams in the playoffs? Interesting, interesting question that is a, a subject of much debate amongst a lot of people these days. Anyways, we'll go to break. If you're interested in chatting some sports, we haven't done it in a long time. We're going to see if we can get the technological bugs. Uh, if we can, if we we can make it happen and make it work, our numbers we'll give them out to you. You can find them online under contests or contest numbers at Zuma Radio. The numbers to call in four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero 4740. You want to call in? Brandon, our producer, will take your call and we'll see if we can get you on the air. We'll be right back.
5: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized we all have things we should cut back on. For me, half-brother Raul that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raoul wants is an inflatable waist. Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
6: There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character. It reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This
1: is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and in Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's
0: choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are on AM 740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, and also uh, live uh, streaming on the Internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. Once again, the phone numbers, if you want to call in, 416-416. 3600740 1866 740 4740 call in uh our producer Brandon will try and get to you a lot of a lot of topics would we'll be talking to John steinbreiter from Augusta Leafs uh Leafs are on a roll there's a trading deadline coming up uh how the Leafs are going to fit all that in uh the Jays uh um, sort of a mediocre start uh, major league baseball has taken its all-star game out of atlanta uh, that has become very very controversial so if you want to give us a buzz talk about any of that i'm told by brandon that we have jason from toronto on the line jason how are you this morning
2: yeah hi uh, lou uh is five years old when you scored twenty one goals that year. I remember I went to the games.
3: <laughs> Anyways
2: hey, I just wanna ask you guys, uh, you've been watching uh, at least for a long time, uh, what about the trade deadline? It's it we're gonna go depth with defense or uh Guys think we should go for goal
3: scoring or, I, I love jeff but you know uh, we got we got goalies that haven't won around yet you know uh, either, so we got
2: that but uh, matthews is uh, is doing great i agree with that uh rock the rocker was short the last time that goal at least won uh, the scoring title was uh, a guy named Gerdy Gordy and back yeah. forty four
1: go ahead boys. Anyways, Jason from Toronto, thanks so much for your call. Uh, you brought a topic up that uh, we need to discuss. So thank you very much for that. Uh, it's got us into that one. Naz, Jason wants to know uh, what are the Leafs going to do at the trade deadline, if anything. I see the moves. I don't think Dubas has finished yet, as I'm going to throw it to you and then to, to Lou. I think uh, the Riley Nash move and the Freddie Anderson LTIR moves, it's a complicated little quirk in the, uh, in, the, in, in the labor agreement, whereby if you take somebody on, you take on their salary, but if they're on long-term, you, get, you, get, you free up cap relief till the end of the season. So, Nas, uh, the trade deadline is three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what can I'm sure the phone lines are are buzzing like crazy around General Managerville and, and Kyle Dubas and uh, his uh, his brain trust, inc- including Brandon Pridham, his capologist. Uh, what can we expect?
4: What about Taylor Hall?
1: Oh yeah, I mean he's, he's right here. I got an asterisk with him on my uh, on my on my t- on my notes here this morning, okay, Naz, what about Taylor Hall?
4: He can get he can get hot in the playoffs, too. He's a very, very good player. And uh, why not go after him the best? he' have been uh, doing it in the past, so why not? Lou?
2: Uh, sorry, Naz, I have to disagree with you there. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they need a Taylor Hall. I think he brings too much baggage. He's never played really well in the playoffs. The one guy that would stand out for me that would really help this organization in the playoffs is nick felino the type of guy that they need they can fill in on a second line a third line and the big thing that he's going to add he's going to add leadership into that dressing room and he's going to add a lot of grit and he can play the game
1: yeah i i don't i don't disagree there that's a, it's a really interesting debate <clears throat> um i mean i looked over the trade i mean taylor hall you're talking about a guy who won the mvp award You know, a few years back, and you know, in his lack of success in the playoffs. uh, Okay, you know what? He played out in Edmonton for the longest time. Uh, Connor McDavid's reputed, uh, reputedly the best player in the world for the last couple of years. He hasn't had much success in the playoffs if he even even gets to the playoffs. So I, you know, success in the playoffs. I think you know a lot of it, Lou, has to come from who you're surrounded with. Uh, Taylor Hall. Man, you're, you're talking about a high-end talent. It, it's it's high risk, high high reward, the way I look at it. Um, where does he fit in? It uh, probably fits in on that line with Tavares and Nylander. Um, man, you know, I mean, I think Tavares would be thrilled about that. And uh, Nick Foligno, yeah, he'd be a great, either one of them. I You know, I don't think you can go wrong, to be honest with you. Nick Foligno brings a different skill set. Character? No question. Grit? No question. He's going to go to the dirty areas. No question. He's probably going to fit in with Tavares and Nylander, and he's going to be the guy on that line that goes in the corners and digs the puck out. So he's going to make Tavares' life a lot easier and maybe Nylander's as well. So interesting interesting uh, dichotomy there. Uh, I think you you probably do well with either one. I think the problem is (laughs) you squeeze them in. I mean, here, here's the numbers on, uh, here's, and I, I, I see Kevin from Buffalo's on the line. Kevin, hold on, we'll, we'll get to you. i got to finish, we've got to finish our train of thought on this one. Here's the dilemma with Taylor Hall, and I, to a certain extent, I don't know how you squeeze Nick Foligno in. Taylor Hall's salary is $8 million. Leaf's got to pick up 27 days' worth of that salary. Um, because you got to pay him to the uh, salary cap only applies. The players don't get paid for the playoffs, Lou. You probably remember that. Yep. You only you only get paid for the regular season. His salary to the end of the year is one point eight six million dollars. Uh, Leafs can't squeeze that in right now. And even with the Riley Nash move and the Freddie Anderson move, still can't squeeze it in. So they got to bring another. They got to bring another team to the dance. Uh, so it's, this is how interesting all this is. You, you gotta, you gotta do a deal with Buffalo, but then you gotta find another team that's gonna come in, like like Chicago or some other team that's out that's got some cap room, pick up the balance of his salary. Uh, so there, there's, there's a lot of maneuvering that's got to happen. The Leafs are cap, they're sort of capped out, uh, whether or not now with these moves that they've made. Um, I don't know. Tough one. Uh, given what I've uh, said, Naz, uh, Lou, any uh, any further comments on what uh, Dubois should do? Uh,
2: uh, sorry, go ahead. No, the, the one thing that uh, everybody uh, talks about is Taylor Hall and what he did as a, on his MVP year. Every other year that he's played in this league, he's never had more than 65 points. And obviously, if you're going to get a player like Nick Foligno or even Taylor Hall, if you're going to bring them in, you're going to have to move somebody out. And I think the consensus there is you're going to have to move Kerfoot's 3.5-year uh, contract out uh, to really make that deal work with, with any one of these two guys.
1: Anyways, I'm going to be keeping an eye on my notice banner on my iPhone when all those trades happen. It <laughs> slashes across the front of my iPhone. And hey, we've got Kevin from Buffalo on the line. we want to keep him holding much longer. Kevin's been a loyal listener of ours since day one and uh, probably has been our most uh, notorious caller. We always love hearing from him. Kevin, how are you this morning?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. What a pleasure to speak to the both of you. Most important, I hope everyone is doing fine. And You know, your beautiful station, there is a song medley by Mr. Sinatra. I get along without you very well. Well, here in Buffalo with the Sabres, there's not enough minutes to describe what has happened. As you know, gentlemen, a new head coach Baffling how Mr. Kruger, the Sabres organization, put a lot of faith into him. For some reason, it did not work out. Now with Mr. Granato, they've been having a little bit of a move in the standings but simply baffling and how i look at it it starts all in the front office sabers have never had a good base in the front office until punch imlac days and mr bowman days but with the trade deadline coming up yesterday the sabers let mr matador go one of their best players on the team. So hockey has been baffling. I'm going to just keep going on some topics, and then I'll let you gentlemen uh, comment on them.
1: Kevin, we're going to we're gonna have to ask you if you can tighten it up just a bit. We've got we've to get on. And it's been such a long time since I heard from you. I really don't want to cut you off. so I'm going to give you a minute or so just to uh, uh, give, for you to give us your final thoughts.
3: Gladly. Um, Last quick comment. Any update, CFL, the Argonauts? I know there was no play last season, but is there any updates? Are they looking to get going later this spring? And it's great to speak to you, gentlemen. You have a fine show. Thank you it looks like the Blue Jays will be playing here in Buffalo for about 60 games. And hopefully, Kevin, Kevin, I'm going nice to, I'm going to
1: let you go. I'm going to thank you. It's great to hear your voice again. Uh, we're going to try and do this segment a little bit more often going forward. So thanks so much for your call. We're going to address a couple of your points. Uh, as soon as we let you go, Lou, uh, let's address, uh, Kevin's, uh, comment, uh, or about what happened in Buffalo. You're a former Buffalo saber. Um, what happened in Buffalo this year? You look at their talent level. You got a guy like Jack Eichel. You've got a number one pick like uh, like Rasmus Dalin. You know, you had Stahl there. You had yeah. Uh, you, know, you can go through some of these other players. What's uh, you, you think? With some of the talent they had, they should have done better. What happened?
2: Uh, I think uh, is it Jason. I think that he could have hit the nail on the head. It starts right in the front office. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it, it is the problem, but it's a big concern, and it has to do with Mr. Pagula uh, on on the way he's running the front office. There, he hasn't brought in the quality people, and when he has, he's more or less uh, he's got the quick trigger figure. And I, I hate to say this, Wally, uh, but Jack Eichel is a coach killer. Wow! Wow!
1: In what what way?
2: I hey, listen, you, only you, only you, what
1: you only what we can say on the air. As long uh, as it's just hockey, really.
2: No, you know what? It, it, I, I just don't. If it doesn't float, Jack Eichel's way, he just doesn't float, and if, that's why there's so many rumors. Uh, two years ago, when he wasn't uh, too happy, he that the thought that he might not even sign with them. So now we got his big contract after the one big year that he had. Uh, and now there's going to be rumors that he's on his way out uh, at the end of this year for for Buffalo, maybe to load up on more talent. Uh, uh, and again, I, I just when you have a player of that stature that thinks that he is bigger than the hockey team, you have a big, big problem.
1: Nana's real quick comment before we go to break: We've got John Steinbrenner waiting for us down at Augusta.
4: If they get rid of Jack Eichel, he'll go out and score sixty goals for somebody yeah. else. He's he's that good. Um, They've had some. They've had some tough times for the past few years, Buffalo, and I hear that the uh, they don't have much of a staff when it comes to. Uh, they don't have an assistant general manager, for instance. They have a very few scouts, and they are very thin there. And I, it shows what's happening with the team.
1: Anyways, on on that note, we're, we'll go to our break. I want to thank uh, Jason and Kevin for calling in, and uh, John Steinbrenner masters.com. He's done at Augusta this morning, and let's talk about what's going to happen this afternoon. We'll be right back.
5: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the medium gourmet pizza special. Get a medium gourmet pizza for just 13 99 That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizza-ville. seat. Pizzaville. Stone Stone-baked Baked pizza. Dinner.
0: Fiercely dinner. Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby or rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca.
6: You won't
0: remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walk-through floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of... What were they called again? realspacemedia.ca Got a space to showcase? Check out real space. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Joining as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Also joining us today, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, Washington Capital, Lou Franceschetti. And we're thrilled to have us join us on Masters Sunday. Uh, John Steinbredder, John Steinbreder, you find him in Golf, Global Golf Post and also on Masters.com. You can go read, uh, he's been writing articles there. It's been a tradition uh, on the Nazawale Sports Hour for very, very many years now, John, uh, to have you here with us on Sunday morning, Masters Sunday. You're down at Augusta. Welcome. Good morning.
7: How are you, John? thanks so much. great to be with you guys. A tradition truly unlike any other as they say and it's uh it's wonderful to be uh to be here in augusta and to be uh looking out at the uh tournament practice area with uh drenched in sunlight a little rain over the uh over uh the evening but it should be a perfect day for golf and we have quite a leaderboard and, and have a great day ahead of us. I can't wait to see how it all turns out yeah we certainly can't wait for me. the master
1: Sunday's always been the proverbial first uh first day of spring uh and uh always look forward to it. Always look forward to chatting golf with you, John. Uh, hopefully uh, at some point in time we get on the golf course together uh somewhere down on some o c event somewhere um, that would be but nice. uh John, this could be the biggest week in Japanese golf history. Um, The leader today, four-stroke lead Hideki Matsuyama, uh, but he isn't the only successful Japanese golfer at Augusta uh, this week. Uh, Tell us about that story.
7: Well, yeah, we had a Japanese woman, and I can't pronounce her name, so I'm not even going to try to do it and, (laughs) and embarrass myself or her by by butchering it, but she, a uh, 17-year-old, won the Augusta National Women's Amateur that was, uh, the final round was here at Augusta on Saturday, which was uh, huge, and the first uh, Japanese ever to win a tournament at Augusta National, so that's, that's a pretty good uh, first for her, and then Hideki, of course, is, um, you know, just played a brilliant uh, round yesterday, shot 65, um, was just firing at the pins. He uh, really was very strong after the weather delay. The greens had softened up a little bit, and now he's sitting four shots ahead of uh, four other players. And it really is a big deal because the Japanese um, are are so golf-happy. They love the game. I mean, Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player and Arnold Palmer were going over there with Mark McCormick in the 60s to do corporate events. It's, it's a very, very popular sport in that country, and uh, for Hideki to be in this position is awesome. He must feel quite a bit of weight on his shoulders, not just from his own uh, competitiveness and what he wants to accomplish, but he must feel, as Adam Scott did years ago with the Australians, having been shut out here for years, that uh, he's playing for an entire country and with an entire country watching as well as for himself. Because, um, you, you know, the Japanese, in, in so many ways, and I learned this business, you know, they really put such a high premium on on brands and you know, on stature and things like that. And Augusta National, the Masters to the Japanese, is just the premium of brand in golf and maybe even sports. So uh, this would be a huge deal. Here in America, but also
4: in Japan at the Daiquiri wins. Nas, we have Corey Connors in the race. So, what? What are his chances to do well today?
7: Well, I mean, they're great. He's he's just he's you know five back. He's in, uh, um, you know, he's just behind the uh, the four people bunched up at under seven seven under. He's at six under, and he's been playing great. Had a hole in one yesterday, and playing with a lot of passion and. And, and playing very much under the radar, which certainly helps. I mean, um, meaning no disrespect to him, but he's, you know, speeds is right below him, and you've got Justin Rose and um, and Will uh, Zalatoris right above him, and uh, Leachman and uh Schaffel and uh, Shafley, and it's it's really something else to see what he's done here. He's captured a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of the imagination for a steady play throughout this whole tournament. I mean, he was. You know, 73 the first round, which is maybe what you'd expect, but then 68 uh, yesterday, 69 the day before. And really, really solid play. Lou? Um, I noticed a little bit yesterday after the
2: uh, after the delay, uh, uh, the ground seemed to have stopped up, and I guess uh, Hideki Matsui uh, has adjusted to... Uh, the course pretty good how's that going to affect the uh, the golf course today with the little bit of rain that i received last night are the greens going to be as fast uh, as they were the last couple of days or more or less uh, i think the players going to be aggressive and go for the pins
7: i think they're going to try to dry them out like crazy because that's a good, very good question and if you notice watching on tv you've seen some brown in the greens, which i find to be a very welcome development and Mickelson, after his round yesterday, I spoke with him a bit, and he was thrilled with the way the course was playing. It was really fun. it was really fast, it was kind of old time Augusta National again, and in Speed, at the end of his round on Friday, was talking about how much he was looking forward to the course being firm and fast and playing it, because he felt that gave him an advantage. Given you know how well he knows the golf course and and uh, how exacting it can be when it is playing that way, so I I think that the uh, tournament organizers they would really like to see it play that way this afternoon again, especially after playing so soft back in November. Now it's not anywhere near that soft today, even after the rain. But uh, I think and I'm just reading their minds. I don't have any inside information on this, but I think they really want to have it play like it was planned, so they're doing all they can right now to dry it out. And um, I think the wind is supposed to pick up, so that ought to help in that process as well. They've got the sub-air systems here, which I'm sure are cranked up and are, are, are sucking the moisture right out of the ground. And by the time the leaders go off, I think it ought to be pretty firmed up. Uh,
1: we're talking to John Steinbreder. Uh, John writes for Masters.com. Uh, he's at Augusta. He's covering the Masters this week, as he always does. Uh, always we always get the opportunity to talk to him on Masters uh, on, on the final day on Sunday morning. We're thrilled to have him once again and keep our tradition going. John, there was another remarkable. Uh, uh, there was a remarkable event that happened at Augusta this week. Uh, historical event in many ways. Uh, something perhaps uh, for for some of us who have been around for fifty, sixty years would have been difficult to envision. Really, uh, forty. 30, 40 years ago, perhaps longer. Lee Elder, black American. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the first black to play at Augusta in the Masters back in 1975. Uh, remarkably, and what, what, a, what a tribute to him and to what's going on in the world today, was made an honorary starter together with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. Um, yes, history was written this
7: week, wasn't it, John? It was. I got to write about it. I was on what we would call the Lee Elder beat. Um, he got here Monday on Tuesday afternoon, and I've sat down and talked with Lee before. And he's just he's such a gracious gentleman. He's a, a great golfer, a great man, and has um, a wonderful life in golf and some incredible stories. Going back to the days when he was hustling, you know, as a as a young man was a good golfer and obviously playing on the... Uh, um, Uh, the tour. And uh, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, he received an honorary doctorate degree from Payne College, a historically black college here in town, uh, at which Augusta National has endowed two scholarships for the the men's golf team, one for the women's golf team, which is yet to be created. So Augusta is going to fund that as well. So that was a big moment. And and, and Lee was very excited about that. And then you had, of course, Thursday. You know, with him getting to the, uh, you know, getting to the first tee, and being up there with uh, with Jack and Gary. And, and Lee's health is such he couldn't hit a ball, uh, unfortunately. But he sat there in a chair. Uh, he stood up when it was uh, with Fred Ridley, Chairman Fred Ridley announced that uh, he had the honor. It was a great moment that still gives me chills when I hear that. And uh, Lee stood up, uh, held his driver in the air, and and was really bathed with applause and, and adoration, as he should be. And what I wrote uh, about it is looking up at the balcony of the clubhouse, you can see several of the staff at Augusta National in their white jackets standing there applauding. And, Reminiscent of the scene in 75 when Lee teed off and was the first black man to play in this tournament. Uh, similar thing. Everything seemed to stop at the club at that moment, and anybody who was near there, uh, stepped out of the balcony, opened up a door, stepped out on a porch, uh, opened a window, looked out the window, and, and, and watched history being made there then. And they saw it being made there again on, uh, Thursday. It was just a great, great moment and beautiful, uh, Georgia with spring morning and, it was, uh, there were people from Payne College the there. There were a bunch of Lee's friends there wearing hats to say 175 on the front, 1975 on the front, excuse me, and stay of the course, Lee Elder on the side. Uh, Steph Curry, the basketball players company, designed them. Um, and it was, uh, it was just a fabulous moment. Phil Mickelson was there, Bubba Watson were there, in their green jackets. Greg Norman was there, Tom Lehman, a couple of four British Amateur uh, Open champions. And just a special, special time in golf and very historic and absolutely the right thing. To do, and and Lee was thrilled, and he talked movingly about it. And my favorite line was, he said, "My heart is very soft today." And you know, there's been some people saying, "Why didn't they do it earlier? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that?" But as far as I'm concerned, if Lee Elder is good with it, I'm good with it. And he was more than good with it. He was really pleased and really happy. Yeah, it truly, truly was a, a remarkable moment. Um, in, an,
1: in in. When we think of the history um, and we we, we, we we endeavor not to be political on this show and we 're just going to accept the the moment for what it was and le- made a made an elderly gentleman very very happy and and sent a message uh, very very important well done
7: uh, Ned, and, and there 's a lot of good stuff coming right now to uh, uh, Walter with uh, yeah. you know these Payne college uh, contributions that Augustus made, and they're also working with the community on. Parts of town to help develop some more uh, distressed parts of town. And, you know, they did a lot under the radar years ago, and I think what they're trying to do is do it more. Uh, publicly more openly right now and really stepping up and helping this community, which uh, has helped them and is where they're based. So it's it, there's a lot of good development sort of related to all of this, and I applaud them for uh, what they're doing. And I applaud Mr. Elder and was just thrilled for what happened this week. Absolutely. Yes?
4: Bryson DeChamberl, does he have the game to play well in the Masters? <laughs> <laughs>
7: Not this year. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he had me so <laughs> uh, perplexed. I, w- I was looking at him on, on Thursday. He shot seventy six, and he shot sixty seven the next day. Um, I, you know, I wrote to him earlier in the week and you know, chatted with him a little bit. And he's he's a gracious young man. He's he's an, a very interested young man, and he's trying to do some very interesting things. So yeah, I think he does, you know, have the game here. Um, you know, to do well here, but it's he just is. You know, he just lashed so hard, and this is such a precision course. And I just, you know, you wonder sometimes uh, how's it going to work, and whether he can put four really good rounds together here. Because the seventy-six on Thursday was, you know, not disastrous, but it, it was certainly subpar for him. And you know, you just he put he played himself right out of the tournament that first day.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, Deschamps, you know he's got he's got great game, and you know there's there was so much comment earlier in the year that he's going to fundamentally alter alter the the nature of golf in, in the coming years, and I think sometimes every now and then we've got to be remand, reminded. Certainly, John, you've played it, I've played it. I go, uh, you know, there's there's a reason why there's a PGA Tour, and there's a reason why there's a long drive championship. Um, you know, being able to hit the ball 360 yards is great, but you got to be able to manage your way around a course. And 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 sometimes uh, when they say he's fundamentally going to alter the game, well, you know what? I'm not so sure. Uh, you you still got
7: to get the ball in the hole. Um, well, yeah, and, and and look what he did to Rory. I mean, Rory tried to chase distance a little bit, and, and Rory was you know kind of I forget what he shot the first day, 76, 77, but he was out of here. After day one again, and the, and the uh, as you used to say, you know the slums are filled with people who, uh, who are filled with first round leaders uh, who did make it. <laughs> They're also filled with people who chase distance and realize there's a lot more to golf than hitting them farther than anybody else. Yeah, the is is. Amusing, there certainly is. One one I have. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it is amusing though on the range, and I wrote about it in in this piece where uh, Bryson's out there and he's doing the speed training and he's. Swinging for the fences and swinging fast, you know, other golfers are sitting around there just chortling at it. They can't believe it. They've never <laughs> seen anything like it.
1: You know, they, yeah, uh, like, it reminds wow. me a bit. It reminds me a bit of John Daly in his early years. He was, uh, you know, people just wanted to see him smack the ball. Uh, but Daly, uh, you know, aside from all of his foibles, was a supremely talented golfer uh, who, who had uh, who had an incredible short game. As does uh, as does Bryson, for that matter. So, uh, one other gentleman I want to ask you about. Uh, I'm thrilled that he's got seems to have gotten his game back. He's, you know, uh, uh, you know, he's 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 moving the ball around probably a little bit more into some areas that he he, he he would prefer not to. But you know, Jordan Spieth won the Valero Open in Texas. He's been top of the leaderboard for the last month and a half. I loved him when he came out and he was so successful. A few years back, and uh, it's great to see him back at on the leaderboard at the Masters. Uh, what uh, what has he done to uh, to, to uh, sort of turn his game around,
7: John? Well, I you know he doesn't point to anything specifically. This has been a process, three year plus process. And Nicholson spoke yesterday about how we all go through highs and lows and and, and slumps and streaks. And Jordan's coming out of a slump right now. And Jordan talks about you know he's not there yet, but he's no, he's five percent. You know, he's, you know he, he's better than he was a month ago, and a month ago he's better than he was a month before that. So he finds himself, as I say, coming out of the wilderness. Uh, he's not ready to proclaim he's completely out yet, but he's certainly making a lot of progress. Uh, I'm not smart enough technically to say what he's done different with his swing, but what I really took away from Valero, and what I took away watching him here the first couple of days, even though it was a real grind, he just seems more at ease again you know i mean he and his caddy michael were uh hysterical with valero the back and forth the comments the talking the you know his facial expressions just i i sort of saw freeness in him again like he was back to being a kid and back to playing with that sort of confidence and verve and um, he was making putts again too and um and that's what i've sort of noticed and he felt very confident at the end of the second round here that he was gonna you know have a good weekend I think yesterday was a tough day for him I don't think the weather helped him at all I think they interrupted his round I think it took away some of the advantage he might have had uh perhaps um but he was he seems like he's back I mean I'm not going to proclaim him 100% back, but and we're better for it I mean I'm unabashedly a fan I just love his enthusiasm and his energy out there and he uh He's playing with that again, and I thought the layer open and watching that final round was great fun. And then watching him out here the first two days was really good fun. Yesterday was a little bit more of a grind, but it's still great to see him out here competing and competing hard and competing with the passion and the confidence that he's been missing. Uh, John, uh, uh, it's always a pleasure
1: talking to you on my, on Master Sunday. You're one of golf's acclaimed golf writers. Uh, we're gonna let you go. I know you got some work to do. Before we let you go, what do you what do you uh, what do you see happening
7: this afternoon? What
1: uh, break it down for us?
7: Well, you know, I think it's 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 Hideki's tournament to win or lose. Um, I was in Japan in 2010 when he won the Asia Pacific Amateur and received his first invitation to play here. He was a shy college kid um who was you know barely known outside of Japan at all so I've watched him on, over the last 10 years become you know one of the best players in the PGA tour and he, he, the only thing he's got to worry about he's an incredible ball striker it's just his putting you know he's not he's not the best putter and you got to put well here on on uh on the masters on a sunday and, and there's you know half a dozen really really good golfers that are within you know Six or, you know, five or six shot to him, who, um, a couple of past champions. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough for him, I think. But, uh, he, he seems like a pretty stellar guy. He seems like a confident guy. He had a helm around yesterday. And he's going to be hard to beat. Four strokes is a pretty big lead. And, uh, it could really be his time and his time finally. And what a story. And what a story for, you know, the Asia Pacific Amateur, too, which Augusta started with, uh, uh, the, the RNA with the Ancient Pacific uh, uh, Golf Confederation, and, and it's really uh, a testament to help growing the game over there. And, and their second winner um, was Hideki, and, and look where he is in the world of golf right now, and here he is. Who would have dreamed a decade ago that one of these kids from the AAC would be leading the Masters and going in on Sunday with a four-shot lead? It's, uh, it's a fantastic story.
1: Uh, it's also fantastic john is always having the opportunity to talk golf with you uh I, I i thoroughly enjoy it you have the passion for the game i have the passion for the game uh i, I it's uh, always a pleasure to share that passion with you we'll let you go i know you've got uh, you've got some work to do down in augusta <laughs> and i think the next major if i'm not mistaken is the u.s open uh So uh, we'll send you an invitation for that Sunday morning right now. Hope you can join us then. Thanks
7: so much, John. Can't can't wait to be with you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks so much, John Steinbrenner. Gentlemen, we've got...
7: uh... Three four minutes left on the show.
1: Uh, one thing, you know, this is probably the first time in all the years we've been on the air, Naz. It's WrestleMania Sunday, and we knew we haven't really talked about it. We normally get Eddie Handelman on. Uh, I sort of lost my interest, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, they're having it down in Tampa. It's a two day event. Uh, I've, you know, sort of lost track. It's it's always been I. You know, people will laugh when I say this, but it's always been one of the most popular sporting events in the world. Uh, people, of course, will not call it a sporting event. It's an entertainment event. You can call
4: it whatever you want. There's a lot of people
1: watching. You know a lot of
0: people well, they, tune they, in.
4: They bet on it, you know. They, well, they're be- I, I they can believe that. On- Man,
1: somebody could make a fortune on that because the results are fixed, aren't they, Ness?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, they bet- there's a betting line on it. People get to bet on it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I I is that Lou I hear laughing in the background?
2: Are we talking WrestleMania here, guys?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I had
2: to. We've been on the air seven years. We've
1: never we've never gone we had, we normally devote we actually had we we had <laughs> Sweet Daddy Seeky on one year. We had we had, we had, had him the in studio. We had Daddy. we had the sweet man in the studio. We had Ted the Million Dollar Man, probably one of the best interviews we've ever done and it was we had the million dollar man Ted D. <laughs> Uh, that was about five years ago, and I, I remember talking to the million dollar man as I told you, you got to change your name, Ted. I go, yeah, a million bucks doesn't go, isn't what it used to be in the 80s. I get, You got to change your name to the billion dollar man. Uh, we we got a chuckle out of him. Uh, anyway, so we got our two, three minutes worth of WrestleMania in for the day. Uh, so May check some of the highlights. Guys, we've got two minutes left. Anything burning? Uh, on your agendas that you want to introduce into the discussion, this is your opportunity.
4: Alex Ovechkin, third oh, yeah. best player to ever play in the NHL. Okay,
1: Lou, last week Naz left off the show. Is Alex Ovechkin, did you, you said Naz, one of the top three players to ever play in the NHL? Very yes, controversial sir. comment. Uh, I will let Lou. I will let you take that
7: one on.
2: Go ahead. I I, I think he's got a long way to go to move into number five. <laughs> you got to look at the difference in style and game that there is now than there was when uh, when I played. Uh, mind you, I think uh, Alex could probably adapt himself as big and strong as he is uh, right now. But I, I don't think he's going to top uh, Wayne Gretzky, Merrily Mew, Gordie Howe, and Bobby Orr off the top four. Uh, I don't care who you are. I don't care if he even beats uh, Wayne Gretzky's goals. I,
4: I, I, I'm
1: not so sure. Sorry to interrupt, Luke. I, I'm not so sure I'd even put him ahead of Sidney Crosby. Uh, but, Naz, I want to follow your train of thought. Uh, you're saying he's one of the top three of all time.
4: Please, uh, I said number three. After Gretzky and uh, Orr. okay, and
1: and you think he's better than Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby, and we we could go down the list. Uh, let's he let's scored, just say, scored many
4: okay. of his goals in okay. an okay. era. You, you want to put, it, well, want to put it
2: this way? Yes, Alex Ovechkin is a one-dimensional player. Uh, I'm not so sure about that, Lou. He, he,
1: I think, I think the, I think the, uh, uh, the question. The Alex Ovechkin question, uh, you know, I mean, of course, these are the these are the things with that you know, with, with, you, you know, you talk sports, you know, people love talking about this stuff. Um, he's he, he the I guess the real question is, is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? Uh, and you can make that argument because he's he's just about to pay. Didn't he just pass Marcel Dion? He's got Brad Hall ten goals. He he's no question he's going to finish as the second highest goal scorer in NHL history. Quite likely he's going to pass Wayne Gretzky. And look at the era that he did it. In. Like in and in when Gretzky was piling up you know 900 points a season back in the day and scoring 92 goals, it was a lot easier to score goals than it is today. So we got 15 seconds left. Uh go ahead.
2: What did you just say? It's easier to score goals back then than it is now.
1: Easier, it was easier really? back then. Yeah, I think so. Check the stats, Lou. We Listen, can have with that all, debate. With all
2: the clutching and grabbing and the well, No, I'm just and talking. I'm just talking,
1: I'm just talking pure statistics. There were more goals scored in the NHL in the '80s than there are today. Uh, you're probably uh, right. Nez, yeah, Nez you're the, the, the stats kind of, guy. Am, am he, I right or wrong? Definitely, you're right. Definitely correct. Okay. Right. Anyway, sorry, guys. We'll have to continue that debate. Lou, thanks for coming on. John Steinbreder, thank you. Kevin and Jason, who called in, thank you. Naz, really quick, last word.
4: Go Connors today.
0: Absolutely. To all our listeners, have a great, safe, and fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening in. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air.